Welcome to the Convention of States Legacy Podcast, a weekly program that looks back at historic content from our archives. We hope you are educated and inspired by today's edition. Today, you will get to hear audio from a simulated Article 5 convention with 49 state delegations consisting mostly of sitting or previous state legislators. Hosted by Convention of States Foundation in August of 2023, the event was held in Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia. In Part 7 of the final plenary session, commissioners debate and vote on Proposal 1 as offered by the Committee on Federal Legislative and Executive Jurisdiction. We'll go now to the proposal coming from the Committee on Federal Legislative and Executive Jurisdiction. I'm going to ask Representative Kim Ivory to come up and present the first one, which is redefining the Commerce Clause. Uh, Representative, if you would have uh, three minutes to begin. And ladies and gentlemen, yes. Mr. President, Eric Smith from Kansas. This focus on policy and to push policy is not what I believe we need to be doing. Three minutes, 35 minutes to change the budget process for the United States of America. What are we proving to anyone? We have to get to process here. Allow debate, spirited debate. I think everyone has great ideas. There are a number of things coming through. But this push to limit how much talking we're doing, having folks come up and interrupt other folks, we have to get that under control. And when you push it to three minutes, folks are having a hard time controlling that. We don't have much time to do this. But I believe we need to be focusing on process and not pushing out policy that was quickly developed. Thank well, we, the problem is we have to be out of here by 5 o'clock, and we have pending proposals. So what we've agreed to, the, the body agreed to, is a total of 40 minutes for each proposal, 35 on the proposal, five minutes to end. I personally think we can get our arguments out and we can be finished, but uh, otherwise we'll, we'll lose a couple of proposals and they're important to hear them. So go ahead if you would, uh, Representative Ivory. And, uh, Thank you, Mr. President. With that, I'll give back a few minutes by uh, saying uh, nothing. I'll turn the time over to Mr. Porter from Virginia to introduce proposal number one that you're gonna love. Good afternoon, Gary Porter from Virginia. I hope there's general agreement in this room that clauses, two clauses that have been used to egregiously and grossly expand the powers of government have been the General Welfare Clause, which I had wished we had had time to address, and the Commerce Clause, which we hereby address. Now, there was a definition, an understanding of what constituted commerce in the founding period. It did not include growing corn for your own consumption. But uh, this, uh, this uh, amendment attempts to in, impose a definition of Congress, a commerce, which we have obtained from a judicial ruling of Associate Justice Clarence Thomas. And in section one then we say commerce among the states shall mean buying, selling, or transporting of goods and services across state lines, period, end of statement. So that is the first attempt, is to put some confines to the word commerce and the understanding of what constitutes commerce and thereby what does not constitute commerce. Section two is a direct strike at the administrative state by uh, imposing on Congress the responsibility to enact all laws, those laws particularly regulating commerce among the states. And so they would be prohibited from 
delegating any of that lawmaking authority to executive agencies for rulemaking that have the effect of law. Section three, uh, we know that if this amendment is adopted, instantly a, a, a major section of the Code of Federal Regulations is going to become in question. And there needs to be a time, a grace period, in which to correct some of those egregious laws which were not enacted by commerce, Congress and, uh, and put proper laws in place that Congress has a signature on. And then uh, Section 4 was kind of an add-on that uh, attempted to also put a definition to navigable waters in the, in the Constitution, which is at this point ill-defined. So uh, I, I, that's the explanation of our amendment, and uh, I would be grateful to hear any uh, comments, pro or con. So uh, we'll recognize Representative Shelley Hughes, uh, the representative from the state of Alaska for an amendment. Thank you, Mr. President. And I spoke with the maker, uh, the representative from Virginia, who just spoke, and he considers this a friendly amendment, and that is simply to strike Section 4. And the reason I am proposing uh, striking it, first of all, my great state has 40% of the nation's surface waters, so it would have great impact. But um, case law and law have defined navigable waters, and this actually definition would be inadequate. In the states of Hawaii and Alaska, our waterways don't um, deal with transport between the states, so that's one problem. The federal test for navigable waters includes people and does not require it to be between states. And um, so I, I moved to strike this. I, I, I think this would need to be vetted to make sure that the definition is accurate, and it is not as it stands. Thank you. Is there any objection to this amendment? Yes, there is. If you'd come forward, please, sir, and identify yourself. Uh, Senator Phil Fortunato, Washington State. You know, recently the Supreme Court ruled in the Idaho, uh, Sackett versus EPA, on navigable waters. Right now, basically any conveyance to surface water is considered uh, navigable waters under the Clean Water Act. So basically the ditch on the side of the road is considered uh, within EPA's jurisdiction under navigable waters. It's important that we have this in there to define what navigable waters actually is. And so uh, if you're willing to accept a uh, friendly amendment to try to clarify it a little more, that would be fine, but it's important that we put in there. Otherwise, what we're doing is relying on the court's interpretation, which five years from now, 10 years from now, could be interpreted differently. So that's the reason for putting this in there. So I appreciate your support on this. And do you have such friendly amendment? Uh, I do not, but I could momentarily. So thank you. All right. Any further discussion on the amendment by the lady from Alaska? Any further discussion on that? Well, we're going to go ahead and go to a vote. We could still consider oh, your amendment Virginia. after that. West Virginia. West Virginia. I just want to stand in opposition to the amendment. I think it's critical. You know, we all saw uh, it may not affect Hawaii so much, but it affected every other U.S. state. Uh, the attempt by the EPA to do the waters of the U.S. rules uh, related to the Clean Water Act and how much damage that was going to do to the economies of the various states. And we're fortunate that right now we have a Supreme Court 
that uh, you know blocked those rules the way they were uh, proposed by the EPA, but that's just a change of one or two justices flips it back the other way, and you know. Um, uh, the senator from uh, Washington was pointing out the ditch, but it's not just the ditch. Those rules affected ephemeral streams, or which were basically streams that when it's pouring the rain down, there may be water running along, not in a ditch even, just across your field. And the EPA declared that that was navigable waters as part of the waters of the U.S. So, you know, if we're here to rein in a little bit of federal overreach, this helps to rein in something that is a very germane on point recent attempt at federal overreach. Um, I, I don't think that we need to worry about uh, the oceans surrounding uh, you know, the islands of Hawaii uh, somehow not uh, being properly managed because of this particular uh, section being in this uh, proposed amendment. All right, we have an amendment, an objection. Are you ready to vote? All in favor of the amendment will say aye. Those opposed will say no. And uh, or nay, so all in favor, say aye. Aye. All opposed, say nay. Nay. And the nays have it, and the amendment is rejected. Do we have further amendments? Yes. Steve Johnson from Michigan. She has an amendment. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Steve Johnson from Michigan, you have a proposal. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, so I support the idea here. The problem that I see, I'm going to try to be really quick here. There's three things we're trying to do in one. We're trying to define the Commerce Clause, we're doing something with administrative rules, and they're also defining navigable waters. I'm not saying I'm opposed to any of those, but I think by trying to cram them all together, it's going to be very confusing when we go to the states to get this ratified. And I say, if you look at the different issues, the main problem is the administrative rule problem. It's the administrative state that we talked about earlier. You look at the navigable waters problem, it's not because Congress passed awful legislation, which they did, the biggest issue is that the EPA is just running amok with it. If you look at what's going on in the Commerce Clause, it's not that Congress is the biggest problem, it's that these agencies think that they can go and ban gas stoves. So what I'm going to do is just sort of rewrite this into a very simple thing. Any administrative action would have to be voted on by Congress. So when they write their rules, it then goes to Congress and Congress has to approve it. If President Biden wants to go ahead and forgive the student loans, that's fine. Congress needs to vote on it. It's a much simpler, easier way to try to bring this to the people and sell it to them and say, your elected representatives should be voting on this, not unelected bureaucrats. That is my amendment. Thank you. So you're taking out the first section, commerce among the states? Should I'm removing all them? four sections and adding in a new one. All right. So the new thing, no regulation, administrative rule, executive order, or presidential order of any kind, not to include pardons or clemency shall be final until firmly approved by both chambers and signed by the president. All right, do we have any objection to this? There is objection. Do we have anyone who'd like to speak on the proposed amendment? I'd like to speak. Yes, sir, identify yourself. Gary Porter, Virginia. I, I should point out that this uh, proposed amendment will not be retroactive in any way. So all of the, the regulations and rules which have been put in place by executive uh, agencies that Congress has not uh, originated would remain in place. So there's no sunset of those particular rules and, and regulations uh, by this amendment. 
So John Malcolm from North Carolina, and I am a big fan of deregulation, don't get me wrong. Uh, but getting Congress to do what it is supposed to do now in terms of reading bills and acting at a, an appropriate time has already proven to be an incredibly Herculean task. Executive orders, for instance, can include you know, a resolution recognizing that the, the official bird of Thanksgiving is the, the turkey. I mean, you know, there are executive orders and all kinds of things. Regulations, there are thousands of them, some of them very, very arcane. If you want Congress to get any work done on nominations, budgets, all the other things that we have been talking about here, they will be spending their entire time 24-7 reading and reviewing regulations. Nothing will get done. And uh, next we have for the floor, for the floor, West Virginia. Thank you. I just would rise in opposition. Uh, you know, I think that part of what's being missed here is that this is not only about uh, restraining um, the deep state, the regulatory state, the administrative state, but this, this is designed to also uh, contain Congress itself to some degree. And so this change actually takes it from binding down Congress to only binding down, in other words, it doesn't change any interpretation of the Commerce Clause as it currently is being interpreted by the U.S. Supreme Court. It wouldn't cause them to not be able to pass a lot of the laws that they've passed. It would only cause them to revisit the issue of regulation, you know, promulgated by whatever various agencies. So um, as long as Congress says it's okay, it will be okay, which does nothing to actually enforce the Commerce Clause and the original intent of the Commerce Clause if this amendment passes. So we have uh, an amendment, we have objection. Are you ready to vote? Would you close on your, I'm sorry, yes sir. Thank you, Mr. President, Senator Sanders, Oklahoma. I rise in objection. I, my passion has always been, I think this convention has always been to fix problems and abuses of the Constitution. And by this language, we get rid of one of the biggest abuses of the Constitution, the Commerce Clause, and replace it with more of a, you know, housekeeping issue, so, which is a problem. But welfare and commerce clause is a big thing. I, I object to this amendment. Uh, I encourage you to vote it down. All right. And uh, finally, we have Pennsylvania. Is that right? Wish to speak? Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Mr. President. I agree. We, this, I am all for regulation. I ran on regulatory reform. But this actually goes back to a prior conversation we had about the courts. So this gives the judicial branch more of a power. They're the ones that are making ultimate decisions on what, are, what navigable waters are after you have these unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats determining what unnavigable or navigable waters are. So this, again, the, the initial amendment we have is great. It, it makes Congress take accountability. So they can't punt to the executive who then punts to the judicial branch. It puts the power where it belongs, back in the hands of the people. So I encourage you to oppose this amendment to the amendment. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Now the author, if you would close on your amendment and we'll, we'll vote. Well, it looks like I've stirred up some dissension, which I'm happy to do. You know, I heard it said that this will bog down Congress. Well, great. I don't want Congress doing new things. I want them bogged down. We're talking about, it's been brought up a couple different times, this navigable water thing. Let me tell you, when you go and you knock on the doors of your constituents, my guess is the definition of navigable waters isn't probably everyone's issue. Maybe in some of your districts it's big, but this is such a technical issue that when this goes to the states to be ratified, we're going to get clobbered because no one's going to know what it is and they're going to say, you're going to change the Constitution for something you don't understand. What's easier for people to realize 
It's say, you know what, I don't think that rules should be made by unelected bureaucrats. I think they should be voted on by my elected representative. They get that. They understand that. I'm not trying to submit to you that this is going to solve all our problems, but all of a sudden you've changed the accountability network from people who have no accountability, you don't even know their names, to now elected officials. It simplifies the process. It will keep Congress busy, and that's good. It's less time they're doing screwing up other things, and it's something that you can sell to the American people as something that they will get. They'll instinctively understand, yes, of course, the elected representatives should vote on this. It shouldn't be done by bureaucracy. Thank you. So we have an amendment. We have objection. We'll do it by voice vote. Remember, it's the chairman of the delegation will actually vote. As many of you who are in favor of the proposal will say aye, and those opposed will say nay. All in favor say aye. Aye. All opposed, nay. Nay. And the nays have it. Next uh, proposal, next proposed amendment, uh, Representative Steve Montenegro from Arizona. Just a small amendment. Steve Montenegro from Arizona, Mr. President, thank you. I spoke with the sponsor of the general amendment, and section one says, well, okay, thank you. I just added some language under section one. It adds, Commerce among the states shall mean buying, selling, or transportation of goods and services between services and across state lines, transportation of goods and services for the purpose of buying and selling, again, so that it doesn't, it's not interpreting me taking something of value to my grandma across state lines. Hopefully that makes sense. Submitted to the body. So do we have questions on the amendment? Do we have any objection to the amendment? Any discussion on the amendment? Let's, uh, could we have the secretary read this amendment as you have it? Yes, the, the amendment is to add the words for the purpose of buying and selling between the words services and across state lines. So section one would now read, commerce among the several states shall mean buying, selling, or transportation of goods and services for the purpose of buying and selling across state lines. Mr. President, yes. we change that to transaction of business? Identify of yourself, please, sir. Oh, to Robert Roth, New Jersey. Um, buying and selling transaction of business. Just make the change. But is this amendment actually redundant? Is it, what does it change? Instead of the purpose of buying and selling, just for the purpose of transaction of business. Do you have a second? Yes, come back if you wouldn't mind, uh, Representative Montenegro, and explain what the real difference is. Thank you, Mr. President. I wanted to be brief, but so in the language, the way it, I was reading it, it states buying and selling. First of all, commerce among the states shall mean buying, selling, or transportation of goods. So transportation of goods, that's not for any commercial purpose. That's just transporting goods across state lines. It could, be, it could mean a statement in and of itself because I don't see how it's transportation of goods is tied to buying and selling grammatically, or at least in the way this uh, 
sentence is structured, Mr. President. So I thought just uh, clarifying that transportation of goods and services for the purpose of buying and selling, as is earlier stated in the sentence, clarified that. I don't see that as redundant, but if, if there are some grammatical experts here, I could okay. be wrong. Any discussion on the proposed amendment? Uh, yes, sir. And identify yourself, please. Representative Walter Hudson from Minnesota. Um, I would submit as a potential friendly amendment to the amendment, um, instead of the language that you're suggesting, putting the word commercial in front of goods, and that would clarify it, I believe. Okay, the gentleman proposes an amendment to the amendment to simply say, instead of the repeating the words transportation, it would say the commercial. Do you have a second for that, um, that proposed amendment? Yes, there is. Commercial goods. Mr. Secretary, do you understand that? Could you read that to us? So the, the proposal, as I understand it, is to add the word commercial before goods and services and to strike the proposed amendment language that says for the purpose of buying and selling. Okay. Any questions on that? Any opposition to that amendment, to the amendment? Hearing none, that amendment to the amendment is adopted. Are there any further amendments? Where time is looking good, maybe we can get ahead of the game a little bit. Any further discussion on the proposal? Hearing none, we will go to a roll call vote on redefining the Commerce Clause. So my understanding is that this was an amendment to my amendment. Yes. There was no vote for the adoption of that amendment to my amendment. Yes, I did. Yes, if there was, any there was no objection. I can't be the only one that speaks English in this place. Lo siento mucho, señor. Mr. President, puedo hablar en español si desea. I'm kidding. Gracias. Soy presidente. Okay. We're getting ready to we're getting ready to strike another blow for freedom here. The secretary will begin the roll call. This is on the proposal to redefine the Commerce Clause. Alabama. Aye. Alaska. Aye. Arizona. Aye. Arkansas. California. Colorado. Aye. Connecticut. Yes. Delaware. Yes. Florida. Yes. Georgia. Yes. Georgia? Yes. Hawaii, yes. Idaho, yes. Illinois, yes. Indiana, Aye. Iowa, Aye. Kansas, no. Kentucky, no. Louisiana, yes. Maine, yes. Maryland, yes. Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, 
absent. Montana? Yes. Nebraska? Yes. Nevada? Yes. New Hampshire? Yes. New Jersey? Yes. New Mexico? Yes. New York? Yes. North Carolina? Yes. North Dakota? Yes. Ohio? Yes. Oklahoma? Yes. Oregon? Yes. Pennsylvania? Yes. South Carolina? Yes. South Dakota? Yes. Tennessee? Texas? Yes. Utah? Yes. Vermont? Yes. Virginia? Yes. Washington? Yes. West Virginia? Yes. Wisconsin? Yes. Wyoming? Yes. The vote is 46 yay, 2 nay, and 1 absent. 46 yeas, 2 nays, and 1 absent, and the proposal is adopted. Thank you for listening to the Convention of States Legacy Podcast. To learn more about our grassroots movement, go to www.conventionofstates.com.